We are in Yevamos Ayin Hei Amar Aleph 75a, towards the top. The Gemara says, Essentially, this is going back to a discussion that we had in, from last week's recording. We were describing how the Tara process, the purification process, really entails different steps, and within each step, it has ramifications for different areas of halacha, different areas of law. <coughs> so, uh, for example, when a person when a person goes to the mikvah after they became impure, right after they go to the mikvah, they are allowed to eat meiser sheni. They're allowed to eat uh, the meiser, the produce that one has to bring to Jerusalem on years one, two, four, and five. They have to wait until nightfall in order to eat truma. And if they want to eat kajim, if they want to eat from the animal sacrifices that are brought uh, in the base of Mikdash and the temple, so then they would have to wait the next day if they have to bring a korban. For certain types of impurities, when it was required to bring a sacrifice to become pure, not just go to the mikvah, but then the next following day to bring a sacrifice. And until they bring that sacrifice, so then they are not allowed to eat from any uh, sacrificial offering. So the Gemara now asks that when it comes to truma, when it comes to eating truma, we have three different verses which together tell us that you have to wait until nightfall. Uh, and so the Gemara is essentially asking, why do we need three? Just have one. So the Gemara says, Tzrichi. No, we need to have three. Why? If we only have the first verse, uh, where it says "adasher yitar" until they become pure, we don't know what purification means when it comes to truma. So we have the second verse, which tells us that when it, after sunset, which sunset means um, when it's nightfall, because of Rahmana, Basham is mili the labar kapara the bar kapara im adamaisi kapara because of Rahmana ad milos. And if I only had the verse of "uba Hashem to tell us that. You have to wait until nightfall. You might have thought that this only applies to something which does not require a sacrificial offering in order to complete the, the tahara, the purification process. But if you need to bring a sacrificial offering, maybe you have to wait until the next day. So that's why we have the final verse that discusses this with regards to truma, where it says admilos has to do with a yoledis, somebody who just gave birth, who then has to also bring a sacrificial offering. But we say that it ends once the days are up, once you complete the days, because even if you have to bring a sacrificial offering, when it comes to eating truma, it has nothing. It's not dependent upon the sacrificial offering. Right when uh, the day is, is over, so then that's when you are allowed to eat truma. The Gemara now says because Rechman Adlos below Tfila, because Rechman Adashir and if I only had the last verse, even if I if I only had the last verse that has to do with a Yoledes, to do with somebody who gave birth, so then I might have thought that all you need are to complete the days, because that's what the verse says, to complete the days. I might have thought that you don't even have to go to the mikvah, as long as you just count the days. When it comes to Yoledah, somebody who just gave birth, it could be 40 for a son, 80 for a daughter. So that's why I need the previous verses to tell me that, no, that it's uh, specifically after uh, she goes to the mikvah, and then you have to wait until nightfall in order to eat truma. The Gemara now says as follows. This only this whole thing only fits with the position that holds that one of these verses has to do with truma. 
However, there is another opinion. And that opinion is The verse which says until they become pure, according to some opinions, say it's not talking about truma. It's talking about somebody who has to bring a sacrificial offering. And that in order to p- become completely pure to the point where you could eat from the sacrificial offering, not only do you have to go to the mikvah, not only do you have to wait for, the, for that night, uh, for the end of the day, you also have to wait until the next day after you bring the sacrificial offering for that particular impurity. Uh, and if that's the case, so then in the end of the day, we really have two verses, according to this opinion, that discuss kachim, that discuss the fact that you cannot eat from sacrificial offerings if a person is impure until they bring their own sacrificial offering, that if assuming it's required, to become completely pure. So why do I need two verses for that? Sigmar says, you know, I need both. Why? One verse has to do with uh, a woman who gives birth, that she's not allowed to eat from sacrificial offerings until she brings her korban, her sacrifice. Another verse has to do with a zav, a man, a man who has some form of a discharge, not a normal discharge, where they also become impure if they had a discharge for three days straight. Uh, so then they also become impure to the point where they have to bring a sacrificial offering. So Gemara says we need both cases. Why? Uh, when it comes to somebody who just gave birth, that's because there are many days in which she's impure. 40 for uh, a boy, if she has a boy, 80 if she has a girl. Uh, so that's why you have to wait until you bring the sacrificial offering. But maybe we shouldn't say that for a Zav, for somebody who has just a, a, a discharge, a seminal discharge. Uh, so then that might, uh, that's a much shorter uh, time period of Tuma, of impurity. And maybe it's not for, it, it, it's not, uh, it doesn't, uh, it's not defined based on the sacrificial offering. It's defined based on the end of the day, maybe. And so too, if you have it on the flip side. Because of one of a Zav, that if I only had the case of Zav, of the person who is a man, and there's some sort of seminal discharge, and it happens for three days straight, it's actually some other form of a discharge, so it happens for three days straight, so at least in that case, he's completely impure. So then I can understand why you have to wait until you bring a sacrifice. However, when a woman gives birth, even though she is impure, uh, for 40 days or for 80 days with regards to the laws of Truma and for the sacrificial offerings and for Maestro Shini, the truth is, is that for a boy, she becomes uh, pure for her husband. That even though in general we say that once she's impure, she cannot have relations with her husband. We say that when it comes to when she gives birth, that after day seven, uh, she is allowed to have marital relations with her husband, even if she... Ha- she uh, has her period. Even if she has her period, she still she still is allowed to be with her husband during that time. And uh, if she had a girl, so then you have to wait fourteen days. And then after those fourteen days, so then even if she's during the for the rest of the time until the eighty days are up, so then also in that case, if she has her period, so then she's still allowed to have relations with her husband. Even though in general we don't see that, so we see that there's an exception to the rule. There's certain leniency when it comes to giving birth. So you may think that if once there's a leniency, maybe also uh, she doesn't have to wait until she brings the sacrificial offering in order to eat from kachim, from other sacrificial offerings. So that's why we need the verse to tell us by both.
Shlichah, we need it for both for both cases. Each case has a certain weakness. When it comes to a zav, the weakness is that it's not for a long time. The impurity is not for a long time. When it comes to giving birth, the impurity is the fact uh, there's a weakness in the impurity because she's allowed to be with her husband, have sexual relations with her husband, um, even if she even if she has her period, uh, as long as it's after seven days or after fourteen days for a boy or for a girl. Uh, so we see that there's a certain leniency. So since in both cases there's a certain leniency, therefore the verse needed to tell us in both cases that you are not allowed to eat kachin. Okay, that's what the Gemara says. I will just mention uh, one note, one side note, is that we see this Gemara, the whole topic of this Gemara has to do with purity and impurity and the process of purification. And there's a question that with regards to the laws of a husband and wife not being able to have marital relations together when uh, when she is having her period. So is that because of the laws of impurity and impurity, or is that just laws that are independent of that? It seems to be from Argonne that it is based on purity and impurity. It seems to connect it uh, in a very serious way to the laws of purity and impurity. Okay, let's continue the Gemara for a little bit. The Gemara now says... The verse says uh, that you should go into the water and you're impure until nightfall. Impure until nightfall. This is another verse which seemingly has to do with truma. So Lamali, why do I need this verse? We already know that truma, you're allowed to eat once it hits nightfall after you go to the mikvah. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says as follows, Amar Zira Linegia. These laws are not about eating Everyone knows that you're not allowed to eat truma until nightfall, but it's also about touching. Uh, it has to do with touching. And that if you touch truma, it becomes imp- impure, which is also a fascinating idea. You might think that if you're not allowed to eat truma so, because you're impure, so then touching it also would make the truma impure. But no, we need a separate verse to teach us this because Im- impurity, tuma, has various ramifications and they're not all necessarily applying in all circumstances. Meaning... If a person is impure, so they're not allowed to eat truma. If a person is also impure, if they touch something which is truma, that truma then also itself, it's transferred and becomes impure. Uh, and while that's true, you might have thought that maybe you could divide between the two and says that it, it, one applies in one case, but it doesn't apply, but the other doesn't apply in a certain case. For example, if they already went to the mikvah and it's not yet nightfall, maybe you're, you're only not allowed to eat it, but who said that you're not allowed to touch it? So that's why the Gemara now tells us that no, you're also not allowed to touch it. Tamalomar Vitahir. Uh, it says that uh, it says that you have to be pure. That you become pure by nightfall. This is based on the Brisa. The Brisa says The verse says that you are impure before nightfall, but it also says meaning that you've always been pure. So it seems to be a contradiction in the verse itself because it says that you were impure before nightfall. And then it also says, when it says pure, it doesn't just say that you're pure after nightfall, it says you've been pure the whole time. So how could that be? Are you pure or are you impure? So the Gemara answers, it's one's referring to Meister Shani about touching Meister Shani and one is referring to Truma with regards to touching Truma. And that touching Truma is not allowed. You are pure with regards to touching Meister Shani. Uh, but you are impure with regards to touching truma. So in the end of the day, there's a verse that tells me that you're impure to eat truma, and you're also impure to touch truma. So the now asks the question that we've always asked constantly, the Ipoch, maybe we should flip it and say that Meiser Shani 
you're not allowed to touch, but truma you could touch, which would be very interesting because then you're not allowed to eat truma, but you could touch it. You're allowed to eat Maestro Shani, but you can't touch it, which would be pretty strange. Uh, but maybe that's the case. So the Gemara says, no, no. It makes sense. Answer number one, we'll have two answers to this question. Why don't we flip Truma and Meiser? Answer number one is that, well, it makes sense. If you're not allowed to eat Truma, you're not allowed to touch it. If you're allowed to eat Meiser Shani, you're allowed to eat it. Like what we said before. That's answer number one. Answer number two is, Vibayisima, Negiya de Truma, Mehachanafka. That really the concept about touching Truma really comes from a different verse. That you're not allowed to touch Truma comes from a different verse. What is that verse? Bechol Kodesh Losiga. The verse says that you're not allowed to touch, not Truma, but you're not allowed to touch kachim, the sacrificial offerings. So the Gemara says, Is that talking about touching or is that talking about eating? Tamalomar, how do we know that's talking about eating? Because the verse says, It compares in the same verse that you're not allowed to eat kachim, you're not allowed to eat from the sacrificial offerings, and also you're not allowed to enter into the temple when a person is impure. So there's a certain connection between the two. Makish, Kaddish Lamikdash, it compares a person who is impure eating Kachim, eating from the sacrificial offerings, to going into the temple when a person is impure. That just like when you go into the base of Mikdash, it's deserving of death if a person enters into the base of Mikdash, enters into the temple while they're impure. So too, when we're discussing not eating, that has to do with something which has implications of the, de- of the death penalty. And that's when a person's impure with regards to eating, not about touching, but about eating kachim. So, ah, uh, so the Gemara then says, so in the end of the day, this verse is about eating, not about touching. So why does the verse say, the verse says, that a person should not touch from the sacrificial offerings. We just explained that because it compares it to entering into the temple and that both are deserving of the death penalty, so it can't be referring to touching, it must be referring to eating. If that's the case, so then why does the verse itself use the language of touching? So the answer to that, says the Gemara, is to com- tell us that we compare touching to eating. That's the point. And that's the, that was the whole point of bringing this down. That just like you're not allowed to eat truma until nightfall, so too you're not allowed to touch truma until nightfall. And that verse proves that we compare eating to uh, touching. Okay, that concludes this entire topic about purity and impurity and truma and Meister Shani and Kudshim and the sacrificial offerings. Now, starting in the next recording, we'll discuss the next part of the Mishnah, the Mishnah that we've been uh, elaborating upon. Uh, so the next part of the Mishnah has to do with somebody who <coughs> somebody who has crushed testicles and is not able to have children and the implications of that with regards to truma. And so that will be in the next recording.